Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Level Up Cleveland. And today we have with us the guys from Bessemer Saints. That's right. Today I have Terry the Bull Johnson and Tommy Packard. Terry is the drummer. Yes, sir. Tommy plays guitar. Correct. Not with us today is Dave Shags Snodgrass. That's it. He's your bass player. Extraordinaire. And the singer is Corey Wooten. Mm-hmm. Um, thanks for coming down, guys. Thank you so oh, much for having yeah, us. Yeah, appreciate you, it. You guys can um, check out these guys. Uh, they have the debut. <laughs> you can check out these guys. They have their debut album out called This Is BS. Um, and you can pick it up. You can listen to it on any of the platforms, Spotify, iHeart. They're on all of them, pretty much. And all of them, I looked them up. Pick your favorite. Um. So, the name Bessemer Saints, right? I'm sure a lot of people are curious where it comes from. Um, I'm sure you get asked that a lot. Yeah. Oh, yeah, we, we've been asked. Actually, Shaggy came up with the name. Uh, Bessemer is based on the old Bessemer process of injecting oxygen into the steel, steel, steel plant right behind us. So that kind of kept with our metal roots because all four of us played in metal bands or still do play in metal bands. And then uh, he originally had it, The Bessemer Saints. I said, get rid of the, because nowadays everybody uses acronyms. Let's just go with BS. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so That's we can my, have a those good are my running joke. I love those initials. I've had those my whole life. They're great. Um, but, yeah, so so it was from the steel process, the the, the technique for, ah. And it's that actually has some Cleveland roots, too, when you think about it. So the whole oh, yeah. steel thing definitely plays into you guys'. Oh, yeah. Um, so when did you guys start? When did you guys start this whole thing the first so this album came out last year 21 yeah um how long were you guys together before you you put that together well really i think we kind of moved backwards to what would you say about 2019 or so it was uh, christmas time about the holiday show 2018 yeah. so we uh tommy and i had played before and every once in a while after a few pops tommy would get in real close he says terry we gotta do we gotta do like a power trio we gotta get something going and it was shortly, well, I don't know, after that holiday time, I was like, well, Tommy, what do you got? Let, let, let's do something. He gave me the choice. He's like, well, do you want to play bass or do you want to play drums? I was like, man, I've been doing bass for the last 10 years, and I grew up playing drums. I think I can handle this. Let's do it. And Tommy sent me these, these recordings that he put together that uh, would remind you of almost like Jimi Hendrix. It was like four guitar solos all in one. He said... <laughs> Let's do something with this. And listening through, we just started to jam. Every get-together was just fluid jam. Just what is coming out of you? It didn't take long before we we knew we had something, and we had to get our people together. We got to get, find the right, right personnel. And we had a couple of options. Do we get a drummer and bring him in and move me to bass, or do we get a bass player and uh, just add on? And that's where we, uh, we've got our buddy Dave. Uh, Shaggy is a really special player. I mean, he's a special person, but that kind of rolls through on the playing aspect. He's uh, incredibly musically gifted, but kind of a free spirit. And we needed that person to dance in between where the ideas were coming from and dance in between the rhythms. And uh, it wasn't too long after we have got those three together that we were, we were in business. It has almost seemed like every time we got together, well, you start a jam by writing a song. And all of a sudden, well, what? We got 10 songs together. Yeah, you guys are definitely like the classic power trio. 
period. I mean, when I when first, as soon as you hear it, you hear that bass, you hear that guitar, you hear the drums, and it's like that that whole power trio thing is there. You're not there's not a lot of over too much like overdubbing guitars nope. and too much of this other thing to create all these layers. You kept that true sound of the power trio, and it's it's an impressive album, oh, I to say that. the least. I got to tell you, I was I was sometimes I'm taken aback. By, uh, I mean, honestly, every band that we've had on here, to some degree, I like the other music. You know, like, I'm shocked sometimes because their styles aren't really mine, but I'm like, wow, if you listen to it, that's good. But there's a couple that stand out. And and and, and this album, I mean, you guys got a, a, a really good singer also. So, like, like and, and, you know, like, all the music in the world can be great, but we've all heard those bands who have the great music. And then the guy opens his mouth, and the song is now ruined. You guys use you definitely don't have that problem. This guy's very, very good. As a matter of fact, when I walked in and saw you guys playing with Sunless Sky, I saw it when, when that's when I first saw you guys. Um, that I, I was like, wow, listen to this music. And then he starts singing. And then, and I don't know how everyone else is, but for me, that's what happens. You know, you're like, well, the music's good. Let, let's hear the guy sing. Because oh, yeah. how often does that happen, right? And wow, man, guys are kick ass. <laughs> Corey's special. And, uh, Corey does some really neat things. I don't know if you would put it first, but Corey is a world-class death metal screamer. He will rip your face off. Really? And that's where we met him. We were in a group uh, maybe about five, six years ago. It was kind of coming to the tail end of that group. You know, groups are born, we live, and we fade, and sometimes it gets put on the shelf. But Corey we brought into that group. It was a band called Space Monkey, and he delivered the goods for one perfect set. And that was it. And then that was it. That was his. That was his uh, tryout. He did. That was how he tried out or something. He did one. Guys, he did one show, and then we kind of the wanted band. to go in a different direction with some members of the band, oh. and just never found a replacement. So we sitting around for a year, and you know, you, you bring up the power trio thing. That was a, the original intent of this, but. Then we realize, you know, we need somebody to come in. And, well, and, 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 but it's and, still and, the power trio. The band yeah. is still the oh, power yeah. trio. You just got the vocal guy. Sure. He's just he's just a, his own. But right, but. we just came to a point where we're like, you know what? We really need a singer who can do this stuff justice. So you guys, so so who's coming up with these riffs? Because I'm hearing some really killer riffs in this music. Is it both of you guys that come up with riffs, or is it like one of you guys more the riff master in this whole thing? I would say the riffs are coming from Tommy. My job is to put some booty moving groove to it. Yeah, it's all it's all there, and a lot, and, and it's got a and, and it's got that classic metal so- feel to it. It's got the bluesy stuff going all throughout yeah. it. It's a lot of bluesy stuff hitting going all through there and stuff. Really rocking, like like and and the, it's really cool because you guys can be um, the bluesy hard rock band, but you guys can you get you'll deliver some metal. And and I think that's why, like, two of the two of the people who were on our show prior to this was uh, Guy Snowden and Sun the Sky. You guys played with both of them. Well, they're not anywhere near the same kind of a band. No. But you guys can cross over into each one of those audiences and 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 impress people because you guys kind of like hang in the middle somewhere, right? Oh yeah, no, and that was by design. When we get, you know, when I first brought up the idea to Terry, it was let's just get together and jam and see what comes out. No genre box that we had to fit in you don't you know and, and you get a particular style when you do jam a lot of times the riffs will end up being made up on a spot just because somebody picks a vibe to go on let's do a shuffle in a particular key and just you get together and jam for 20 minutes on it i'm usually recording on my phone 
And then you go back and listen, and you're like, there's good bits here, good bits here, and it just it morphs. Put it together. It, it's an Take organic out. process rather than one guy in his basement writing metal riffs. And Is that what you guys usually do? It's a jam session that, that'll spark the ideas? Oh, yeah, yeah. I may come in with a riff or two. Shaggy may come in with an idea or two. Somebody may come in and go, let's do something with this type of feel. I and mean, You just play around with it. What about what about vocals and lyrics? Does he does he does he handle all that himself, or do you guys write lyrics? Or well, I I would say there's there's opportunity for some some chime ins. We've got a couple of at least one on the album that uh, was a, a Shaggy special. He had, Two actually. Okay. Shockwave and Steak next time. Shaggy did the lyrics on those. Yeah, uh, but that kind of really boils back down around to once we had the three of us, we got a gift put in our lap. Uh, we knew we had something going. It was kind of this power trio. To be honest, it was more instrumental than anything. I could sing a little bit. Shaggy sings wonderfully. I think our voices work well together, but there was something missing. And our pal Corey, well, he was hosting a heavy metal jam night out in this little bar out in the rain. And he said, hey, fellas, you want to come out and jam? So we took a three-song set that was all instrumental, and we we went out there to Lorraine, little really cool little... Well, brew pub called Basco Brewery, and it, it's not an entertainment venue. It's just a bar with some speakers, and we set up shop. We did our three tunes, and and Corey comes strutting up with his big old grin, and he's like, "You guys want to do one other jam? I just throw some lyrics on whatever." And yeah, it was just jam. I couldn't even tell you what it sounded like or what what it was. Well, that's right. We did just make up yeah. stuff on the spot, <laughs> but uh, awesome. it was later in the evening after a few pops, and Corey's like. What do you think about me singing for you guys? And we knew he could scream, and we knew he could write, and we, but we didn't know if his heart was going to be coming out of that really aggressive black death tech death metal kind of scene to just let some funk roll out. Uh, but he said, "Give me two weeks. Let me come down." And that's what we did. We set up a a jam. We sent him a couple of foam recorders, and I mean, he showed up in the room and just. We jam in this little space that's not much bigger than this desk, and he put his body there, and he just let us know that there's something special there. Yeah, because so you're saying this guy never really did a pro, a vocal like this one before in a band situation. I mean, is that not to my knowledge? No, I mean in Space Monkey, I mean we had you, you you'd get the harsh metal vocals, but he could also carry a melody. We knew he that's could what sing. I, mean. I just I mean his melodies are what I'm I what I'm like. Wow, this isn't a typical melody. Like he comes out somebody. Somebody's coming up with some cool vocal melodies that aren't typical, and that the and the, you know when you hear that, it it makes the song it's so original sounding. It's so, you guys are really good. I'm not, I'm not I'm not I'm not bullshitting you guys. I'm 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 impressed. The vocal melodies are ninety percent just Corey making stuff up. It comes with a really unique perspective because he in some of his previous projects. He treats his voice very much like a rhythm object. I mean, it is just where does that voice fit into those rhythms? And now we've got a palette that's a little smoother. But now we can really work in some really cool different kind of polyrhythms that play off the drums, that play off the bass. And all of a sudden now you've got a pretty unique vocal. I mean, he's just singing the blues. He's just crooning to you. But yeah, where yeah. he's putting things is a, a perspective that only he's he's got. And it's, it's cool. It's cool. We listen to a tune... Uh, track off the album called Got To, and you are listening to four completely different polyrhythms. But all of a sudden, my hips are moving because it's just a four-on-the-floor field, but there's a lot of things going on that we all 
fit in. A lot of it's by design too. You know, it's, we, we do kind of hang our head on the construction kind of element. It's not a, a one-size-fit-all kind of presentation. We've got things that we know bring out the joy from the early on, from when we were kids. There's a little bit of an age gap between us. So uh, there's, yeah. <laughs> there's 15 years between Tommy and I. So things from my youth are not necessarily things from his youth. Yeah. He's older. No. The things from his youth <laughs> are way cooler. <laughs> so when you are getting... His, uh, you said things from his youth were way cooler? Definitely. Right? Without a doubt. They were. Well, I, I grew up, you know, I was born in 73. I have three older sisters, graduating in 77, 78, and 82. So that's where I got my musical influence. And oh, that's yeah. what made me want to pick up the guitar. It just so happens in 87 when I picked it up, I heard Master of Puppets, and I played metal for 30 years. So this was a chance to go back to the roots and go back to play, so that's how playing it stuff that made me want to pick it up. Oh, yeah. So so when, like, when Thrash came out, you were pretty much on it pretty quickly. Well, Master oh, was yeah. 86, so that was just a couple years after it came out, really. Yeah. But but uh, that's that was what... Exactly what happened to me, man. I'm not oh, yeah. Master of Puppets changed my life. No, it just, that type of music just grabbed me, and yeah. that's where my guitar and, playing and gravitated so, to. What would you say? So, like, like what's, what's your Master of Puppets? Well, I got a little bit of a different skew, because most of my musical knowledge was coming from classic rock radio. So, I grew up with my pops in the garage, and we had oh, Youngstown, nice. Ohio, classic rock radio. So, you're getting things like The Cars and Motown and... Uh, he was a musician that, that brought a lot of uh, early country and early rock in. in. Uh, that's kind of where I got my start. And I almost had no frame of reference for anything modern music until I think I was 13 years old. And I bought, don't hate me on this, I'm looking at you. I bought the Load album. So Metallica's Load came off. And that is in the record store the first time I dropped dollars. on. And I'm like, well, this is music for me now. So it, yeah. uh, it's, and we, you know, we we know a lot of people like that. You know, there's yeah. a lot of people like that. That's that. It's it's just an age thing. I, sure. I don't think anything mm -hmm. wrong with it. You know, I know, but like yeah. you said, uh, people. Well, will, they and then weird. you work backwards, and like, oh, well, you had a really killer band that did all rewrote the book on where you put heavy rhythms and heavy sounds and lyrical concepts. But I was always one foot back in country Motown funk. That's uh, to me growing up. It was instilled in a value that music was there for expression. It was there to make people dance and to make people smile. You know, that is where you know, my background was leaning on. So is that what got you to, to, to go into a bass thing? I mean, like, so, like, I, I find it interesting that you started off in drums and then decided to go to bass. Was, it, was that what it was? You felt like? Yeah, I guess to rewind the clock just a little farther. Guitar was was first. Oh, you know, so six years old, making my little hands play play that guitar. My pop's old nineteen sixty two Harmony Stella is what I literally cut my fingers on. <laughs> uh, but uh, come around fifth grade or so, we get involved in organized percussion in the schools. That's kind of where where it took off, and we're looking at it. Okay, we want to play in a band. Van Halen doesn't have a tuba player, so if you get <laughs> involved if you learn percussion well now you've got a skill you can take with you and i was only ever an average guitar player and i was only ever a average drummer but when i took the rhythm sense from the drums and a little bit of the knowledge from where note placement and organization for the guitar that kind of started about a 15 year run playing bass so it, it oh. kind of felt like where to be honest in the cleveland area it felt like where i could compete 
Cleveland is just soaked with major league talents from different influences and different sounds. And it's just, you, know, you stare at the bottom of this tower and look up and it's just never ending talent. Where could you possibly fit in that's going to be kind of cool? Not, uh, what do I say? I think I found my voice on the bass side of things. And my musical taste kind of bent and flowed with, with music as I got into it in my time. My favorite uh, bass player is Dennis Dunaway from the Alice Cooper group. So kind of rolling through where he puts tone placements underneath theatrics. Uh, to me, music is something to be experienced. It, you, you experience it with your ears first, but it's your eyes, it's your body, it's your neighbors. When you see a concert and you're standing next to somebody, that feeling when they played your favorite spot and this dude over here, it's his favorite spot too. And now we've got a three part connection that otherwise would have never been there. Yeah. 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 That's cool. That's magic. It is for sure. So that, uh, uh, on and off throughout the years, throughout my education, music was always there. I was a sports guy. I was a football guy. And then I was an education guy. I I went uh, all the way through college and grad school, but music was always there. So, uh, it's still there though, heavily. I mean, well, that's, like, like, that's your thing now, right? Like, no matter what, it's just exactly. you come back to this. No it's matter an addiction. What. That's it. It's a full-on addiction. <laughs> and I, and I, I know I'm thankful because I get to wake up and I've got a nine to five. I my nine to five. I get to do exactly what I'm supposed to do here on this planet, and I get to help people. Uh, but then after that, I get to play real loud rock and roll, and that is still part of. It's a nice balance. Is that another yes. you feel yeah. balancing out? That's it. That's it. How about you, Tommy? What, what, how'd you start off doing all this crazy stuff? How'd you get involved in the guitars? And uh, I mean, I know you heard Master Puppets, but a lot of people did. They didn't think to pick up the guitar. No, I, like I say, growing up, I'm my sister's classic rock going on in the house. And in fact, I remember one day me and my cousin, we came home from Cedar Point. Uh, my sister was down there with her boyfriend at the time, and they were watching The Song Remains the Same, the movie. And I just, mom was like, ah, it's bedtime. Started going up the steps, turned around, and I'm like, you know what? I want to play guitar like that someday. And this is before I ever picked up the guitar. Like I said, that's what made me want to play the instrument. It just so happened that hearing metal coincided with when I actually picked up the instrument, and it just changed courses. But it's the stuff you hear on This Is BS, the stuff we're doing, even the heavier stuff. I mean, that it's a schizophrenic record. <laughs> it really is. It's a, it's, it's a, yeah, but it's cool. It, I like that. Because it still it still has that sound. You guys have a cool sound. Yeah. The guitar has a good crunchy sound to it. That, so that when you guys want to go a little into the metal. Oh, you, we can do it. Oh, it's yeah. there, man. No, and that's, that's the fun of it. And this is, guitar playing wise, this band's a different mentality than anything else I've been in. You know, I've been other metal bands and usually you're in your basement, you write your riff, maybe program some drums, get a vibe, and then the rest of the band learns it. This is a different mentality because we, like I said, we get in a room, you jam on a vibe and make stuff up on the spot. It's just, it's a whole different feel. It's just, in, it's, it's enjoyable. It's a completely different concept than other bands, you know? Well, what's some other bands? Like, what do you, like, like when you say other bands, what other bands were you in were, like, like any, any, any other bands that came through a little bit in Cleveland, an area where they were pretty popular or? Uh, Cleveland bands? Yeah. Uh, I, mean, I mean, are you from? Are you normally? Are you originally from Cleveland? Yeah, I grew up in North Always? Homestead. Yep, Homestead. North Homestead. Yep. How about you? You're from? You said Youngstown area. Yeah, so I grew up yep. in Youngstown, and then uh, by the time I turned 18, you know, school kind of took me everywhere. You, were you in Youngstown or near Youngstown? Uh, near Youngstown, yeah, a little suburb to the south side called Poland. Uh, I, I just was. There. I just. I. 
I go to Columbiana now like twice every, like twice a, a week. I have to drive out to Columbiana. Okay. So I got to go through Poland All to right. get there. Yeah, no, that, that's <laughs> us. It, uh, it, yeah. It, it was a great town to grow up, and it was, it was safe, and it was full of opportunity, and it was perfect for me. Uh, and with as much love to my folks as I have, because I've got, I've got the best mom and dad in the world, uh, it was a great place to be from. You know, I, I'm glad to be have experienced and met all the people that I, I've met and experienced the different kind of life and cultures, uh, different places I've lived from Florida to Tennessee, a little bit of South Carolina, making my way back to Ohio. And uh, as a traveling healthcare provider, I took a rotation in Cleveland. And I had been in bands all through college and, and when I lived in Florida. And uh, when I got to see a Cleveland band, something changed. There was something, whoa. The sound changed. The attitude, the approach changed. The talent of what they could could do. They weren't they weren't playing. You know, when I lived in in Florida, if you weren't playing Marshall Tucker and Leonard Skinner, you didn't get on stage. Oh, you know what I mean. So it's uh, trying to fight new tooth and nail for some original entertainment to come in. And then living in Cleveland, it only took about three months before I realized there's something going on every night of the week. And whatever it is you're into, uh, metal, country, pop punk there there's there's a place for you and there's a venue putting out the music you want to put out and i my brother was living in columbus at the time and was playing this really cool kind of obscure horror punk band that that came up he's like hey we're going up to, to cleveland and uh i was like okay i'll meet you there so i met him at a, a bar right now it's called the fun house it was the spitfire saloon so i, I walk in and there's one kind of goofy dude sitting at the uh the end of the bar, and I, I pull up a chair, and I'm sitting there, and then I, I beat the band there, so I'm just kind of hanging out. And, uh, man, this dude is just taught, telling me everything from top to bottom about the music scene and what this bar means and who's going on tonight because I just knew my brother's band playing. I knew I liked them. And they did their thing, and they were good, but then a couple of Cleveland acts just destroyed the place in the most positive way. And the fella that I was sitting by, kept going up to the stage. He run back to me. He said, see? See what I'm talking about? He run back to the stage. He run back. See? That's what I'm talking about. If uh, you had a chance to, to kind of go back through and I miss him dearly, that fellow was Jim Kanye. So he oh. was kind of my first check-in for, for Cleveland. And just the enthusiasm and the knowledge and the friendliness, it was special. It was special. And I knew from that one-off assignment that I took, this is where I need to be. And I kind of got out of that part of my career and got a job here in Cleveland so I could start setting up shop and, and playing in bands and getting in the scene. Sweet. And that was about 12 years ago or so. Sweet, 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 sweet. Before we even started this interview, we had a little talk about it. You were telling me some of the stuff that you, you some of the people you know, yeah. some of the guys that have been on the show before, that kind of thing. And that's interesting. I'd like to know about that. Very cool. No, it, uh, I guess right before the break, kind of talking about my first experience in Cleveland, and it wasn't long after that. I was still in, uh, uh, what do I want to say? Uh, Band. Yeah, Internet World was um, Craigslist. So I, I just looked at, who's looking for a bass player? And there was uh, two dudes, wanted a, a bass player. It ended up with being a band called Threefold Law. Uh, did kind of a doom, stoner, rocky kind of thing. Uh, joined up with them. Um had a, just a great working relationship. Super thoughtful fellas. You know, one guy worked at the Cleveland Clinic. The other guy's a professional writer. Uh, traveled all around the world. And it was just a really cool experience. And I got to grow 
and learn. I got to learn uh, really the basics in and outs about you know, the writing music and the performance aspect. The easiest part of this gig is, is putting your stuff on stage and, and performing. The hard part is the promotion, the getting out and about, shaking hands with folks, meeting uh, venue owners, club operators, intermingling with bands, trying to figure out where the fit is as far as does your sound fit? Does your attitude fit? Are you looking for an eclectic fit? You know, you, I learned a lot on how to, to place things in that group. But music is really cool because it has a way of kind of following life. And even though it was comfortable and it, it felt right for my personality, I was having some things go on in my, my personal life. I had a relationship that tanked, and I wanted the fastest, angriest, thumpiest music I could get my hands on. That's what these guys, Space Monkeys, like, we need a bass player. And uh, I reached out to the vocalist, and at the time, the dude playing drums in my band had been his guitar player's drummer in a previous band. So I got to hang out. We watched the Browns game. And uh, I don't know. You want to tell them about the uh, audition process? or For you, for Space Monkey? Yeah. You know, I, I had seen you at Space Monkey shows, and I feel like a dick because I never said hi. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you know? I, never I, said I, hi. I, I, <laughs> usually on a show, I'm kind of in my own world. But, yeah, I probably came across as a big dick. <laughs> well, I, I, I did. We've already discussed that on our own yeah. but but uh no uh marco the guitar player he said he had a guy and we we're like well make a video you know of playing a couple of tunes and then they shot the video uh no terry shot the video sent it over to us and i mean he put it together quickly and did it flawlessly and looked like he was enjoying himself playing <laughs> and i recognized him as the guy that i was ignoring at the show <laughs> <laughs> but uh no, right after that, it was like, well, have him come out and we'll jam these tunes. I mean, everybody, most professional guy I've ever played with is Terry right here on musical side, business side, all of that. I mean, you can just hear him talk. He's a phenomenal, professional. Oh, yeah, you're right. He's very, he's a, yeah, anybody that says fella, I'm cool with that guy automatically, dude. That's 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 common courtesy type talking. You don't get that it's, here. It's, that's also the reason i went to him Fell first when we were putting this band together you don't hear dude yeah. <laughs> from you. but yeah and that's why i asked him first to start this project with me knowing he could play either drums or bass leaving up to him and went from there but so we you were in space monkey for what, a couple of years i think it was yeah, almost three years uh right at the tail end we put the album out yep. uh i was on the album just a little bit not so much on the bass side a little bit on the vocal side yep, but uh definitely Projects are super proud of. Uh, it band only lived for a demo on an album, but it, it's good stuff. It is still in my rotation when I'm in the gym. If I need a little bit of something and I don't quite have it that morning, I put on, was it Twisted Visions? Uh, oh, know, yeah, that's... And that's, I know that weight's coming up. So it's, <laughs> so it's, that's a pretty brutal song. Yeah, and uh, that was a really cool just musical timestamp of... I could be that character on stage. I can be, I could get out all of those things that would make you sad and upset and things are a drag. But life's not like that all the time. And it was about the time that that band, we had to put it on the shelf, that uh, other opportunities kind of came along. And uh, I, uh, during those early bands, you're meeting and you're talking to, to folks all over the place. And 
one of my best friends in the scene is 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 Chrissy. Uh, she was in this singer of a band called Cellbound, and uh, she sings with me now in Olathea. And that still fulfills within me the writing and the attitude that's the aggression, the heavy metal. We can find the pretty, we can find the dark, and it's all there, and I don't lose that. But it's relationships. Getting to learn from some of the, the best people I've ever known on how to treat people. You know, music is cool, but people are cooler, you know, especially when you get a chance to meet folks, talk to folks, get to share in their art, because that's kind of what we're doing with this music business, with this album. It, it's kind of our art. We have been saving up what doesn't fit in any other project that we've had. <laughs> yeah. And this is it. And that's why it sounds like 10 different bands on 10 different tracks is because it's just a pouring out of our soul of everything that we really like that didn't fit. And, um, but now we've got, uh, now we got a blueprint. Now we got a, and it's, it's wide open. It's wide open. We can do a boogie. We can do a funk. We can do a blues. We turn that fuzz up and do a metal. And then we can turn the speed up, you know, and it's all, it's still all you guys, though. That's what yeah. I noticed, oh, yeah. though. You know, like as you're listening to it, it doesn't sound like different bands. It, it, right. it, it really does sound like one band. But and you guys actually will mix it in within a song too. So it's not just this song's different from this song. You'll 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 all of a sudden it'll be a, a nice bluesy thing going through there, and it's got that like you'll say funky type of a rhythm. And then when you go into the break part, it's a it's a skippy. You know, you guys are doing a choppy metal riff yeah. all of a sudden. Very cool. Absolutely. You know, that's you're hearing four individual personalities coming together, doing their own parts. I mean, when we're jamming, we rarely discuss what notes, where to go, or anything like it. It's straight up four guys getting together and jamming, and that's what comes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. Um, so any anything interesting? Like, so you, I mean, you guys have been, you guys obviously, and, and before I even ask this. When it comes to Corey's voice, and you guys are, I'm, I'm a little shocked by one thing because he has he has this ability where he's he sounds like he's been doing this a long time. Let me just put it to you like that. It sounds to me when I first heard him, I'm like, oh, this guy's this guy's been around because like when he's singing things, you know, one thing we always notice is that you know uh, the first verse doesn't sound like the second verse type thing, right? You know, like he he changes things up, and and he's already singing. These melodies that aren't typical melodies for vocals, you know, where where they're they're very they're all over and mm -hmm. but they sound good to this music. Um, I'm shocked that this guy doesn't have more experience in that. And I and and on that like on that note, all the experience you guys had, what crazy stuff happened in the years? I mean, like any, anything specific, like when you guys are talking to people about the music scene, and you know you you had a few beers or you smoked a doobie or whatever you've done, and you're laughing about things. What are you talking about? What what what's something that has come up? Well, I know one thing for me that is a little bit of a drag is you kind of get to learn about like people's accountability when you're expecting you you got a show and you've been promoting that show for three three four weeks and now you don't have a band member showing up. Not just they were there at rehearsal, they just didn't show up for the show. Wow! And like, okay, well, we're all here and the gear's all here and beer's all here so what do we do and you work through it those are been some wild things and i think that for me about us is what kind of makes our relationship not just musically but personally and professionally really special is i can count on tommy for anything 
if I'm in trouble, he's the first phone number I'm calling. I can lean on him. I can bleed on him if I've got a problem. I, that's special. Uh, I think it is. There's I mean, a friendship other than just bandmates. You guys actually have a, a, a friendship. What about the other absolutely. guys? Are, they, are you guys all kind of tight that way? Or I mean, I mean, uh, I would say know. so, uh, but almost in different capacities. Everybody's got their own different uh, approach to things, and uh, I know I can talk to Shaggy about some things I wouldn't dare talk to Tony about. Wow. That's an exclusive right here on Level Up Cleveland. <laughs> a little bit. Well, We're going to have a little talk later. And, and Tommy knows that, too, because then he's just oh, yeah. going to get on my case. And uh, <laughs> But uh, what makes Corey special is his ability. I mean, he is, to me, I don't know why I just had this up. He's kind of a life raft. He is just free-floating, a rough sea, good good weather, bad weather. He just He's floating along, and he's doing his thing. But he always has something really cool to contribute. When, you've, when you're when you drowning and you just need somebody in a little boat, that's that's Corey on that little boat. And uh, he's just very, very even-keeled, dependable. He's always the furthest one away from any particular gig unless we're playing in his hometown. He's always the first one to the gig. You know, pretty special when it comes to the singer. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'll even razz him about uh, his load-in procedure. <laughs> Once he carries his microphone. <laughs> Well, even Terry and I were talking not that long ago, too. Especially in a rock band, you have those relationships, let's say, Steven Tyler and Joe Perry and, yes. you know, the Stones and that. But Corey is not your typical lead singer attitude-wise. Yeah, he, he comes across so as humble back. and confident at yeah. the same time. Yeah. It, it, and that's that's a pleasure to work with, especially a guitar player. You know, every once in a while, you the guitar player and singer will butt heads, and we have not had that issue whatsoever. That's beautiful. And like I say, even when we're writing, very rarely do we talk about, hey, maybe we should do this and that. You know, maybe a little part here and there, but everybody kind of does their own thing and it comes together. It does come together. And it's, that's so much fun. <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever feel like because of the bass situation that you have to tell Shaggy, like, no, dude, I think you should do it like this? Do you guys ever have those kind of conversations while writing stuff? Or I'll be honest. Not for me. I'm thankful that I get him in my visual field in the, the years that we have been jamming. I've been a fan of his for many years. He has got, just like me, he's got different projects that fit different areas of his personality and different areas of his what is demanded of him for the music. Uh, he is in this sledgehammer of a band that's just now kind of doing a little bit of a revival called Bound by Fate. And it is just eighth notes as far as you can hit him, and it's just a big sledgehammer, and he does it with unbridled enthusiasm. He plays bass in the Rick Ray Band, which just is now dropping, I think, their 36th or 37th full-length release. I've just been playing in my car. Where his brain is required to go for the progressive nature of that music, uh, it's just an incredible mental mapping. I think he gets to kind of be himself in this band. He mm-hmm. is not anyone's employee. He's his own voice in this band. And I have learned so much about the instrument in just a couple of years, just getting a chance to watch where his mind, where his hands go. When we play a blues funk, he is not one four five in it. He is not doing to Tommy's sideways grin. He's not doing typical progressions when you're rolling through uh, guitar solo notes. Uh, so sometimes it, you know, it, it takes a little bit of time on the anvil. You know, that's, uh, maybe that's a little bit of a step in back to our namesake. You know, even though these free-form jams 
get the essence of what we're looking for, we get to play with repetitions enough till we really are happy with it. So you, you take that steel back to the anvil and you pound on it until you, you got what you like. But he's a special player. And for me, I don't have anything interesting to come to the table with. You're not going to add anything for what he's always bringing? That's uh, cool. That's cool. Uh, and you can hear that on the tracks. That's It's cool. Yeah. As far as his bass playing, I think there's been a couple of tunes where it's, you know, when we do this change, let's just sit on the root where he may have gone somewhere. Just one note here, one note there. Other than that, what you're hearing is what's coming out of his mind. That's great, though. Yep. That's because they are great bass lines. So you're with... So you're with Alathia and this band. Do you ever foresee possible that you would have to do a double duty and you guys would play together in one night? Uh, yes, and uh, mission accomplished. Oh, you already have done Yeah, it. we had a really cool opportunity. It uh, was September 11th of last year. We were just kind of getting some things going. Our pal uh, Dave from Destructor and Vulgar Devils put together this great uh, production at the Goldhorn Brewery. It was an all-day festival full of some travelers, some heavy hitters, some globetrotters, and we had... Alethea play a set there. I think our set was about 5 o'clock. And I just had enough time to, to high-five and hug everybody before I swapped vehicles that had all my drums in it to boogie it down to the Maple Grove where we had a BS set. So no we, kidding. And, uh, I mean, that was a great day. That was a great day. And we got a chance to move the VIP party down from the brewery, which closed a little early, down to the well, the next venue down the line uh, to... Um, to have a cool little party. So you had you had the same day, but did, they weren't actually the same venue. Nope. It wasn't the nope. same venue, so it, that kind of made it trickier per se. Hell yeah! <laughs> so it's a that kind of reminded me of what was it Live Aid when Phil Collins went. For, he, he was started in Europe and then he went to America. On the I mean, it's a little different. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot, yeah, but I mean, like for some reason, that's where my brain goes. The only Concord I had was wine. So was, <laughs> oh was, well, yeah, didn't have the jet. <laughs> <laughs> so um. So what about that though? What about what about putting a gig together with? To, I mean, like it seems like a simple. It, it would be simple yeah. to do, you know. Just and no doubt about it. And uh, I I would be willing to wager before things are said and done, we are going to have a chance to really cross pollinate in a meaningful way. But it's also been a useful exercise about working in around different avenues, different different folks, and even some of the folks that we have played with on bills separately, we have kind of cross pollinated with. Uh, as you mentioned before, I, I think we've got a sound because we take things so far back up the tree of rock and roll that we can kind of get along with everybody. Definitely. You know, it, uh, but absolutely. Uh, the only thing I think keeping us by is I don't have a trailer yet, so I can only either kind of bring you my bass or my, my drum stuff. So it uh, Can't do both yet, huh? You haven't been able to bring everything. Well, I just have Tommy come over early and load up, load up his car with my stuff. Yeah, because I think that would be interesting. Like, I, and I always, when I hear other bands sure. do that stuff, I'm always like, man, that's 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 a tough day. That's a long day, especially when you're the part of your day is drumming. You know, I mean, that's that that's mostly. That but he's doing so many loves. When you think about it, it's it, it's not work. Yeah, you're, you're rushing to get there or getting in between and loading up. But at the end of the day, it, it, you're playing music. It's true, and uh, I look at. Uh, you know, it's kind of us here talking about us. Uh, man, I, my brother's a professional musician down in Nashville, and he'll do a 12 to 4, a little break, and a 5 to 9, and then a, a 10 to 2. And he's going up and down the Nashville Strip when he's not on tour. So that is a... It's a blast. That, that place a blast. is a blast, man, for that reason right there. The, mm -hmm. the level of musicians in that place yeah. is, is... Like you were talking about Cleveland. Yeah. <laughs> that place is a whole different... Oh, yeah. 
No, they yeah, flock yeah. from all over to, to that spot. Yeah, the people playing in the front of the bars in the streets are better than the average person anywhere <laughs> else in America. Yeah. yeah. Honestly, it's pretty wild. But who's your, who is he? Uh, his brother, Mike Johnson. Mike Johnson, uh, percussion and strings. He does anything that you can do with a musical instrument. He does at a world-class rate. And he's toured the, the country and internationally time and time over. Uh, he's worked with a couple acts that, uh, well, quite frankly, just like us and anybody, COVID has, you know, our, our times have played with a lot of touring musicians. Thankfully, we've got some folks getting back on the road. Um, his schedule has kind of allowed him to kind of move into the one and two week runs, but prior to the world, uh, turning down, I mean, he, you know, he was doing the, the six to eight week runs coast to coast, back and forth, uh, getting a van and he was doing everything for these groups. He would, he drives the van, drives the van, sound checks at four o'clock. He grabs a little nap before seven. And then, uh, you know, they got another eight hours to go. They load up the van and he's driving the, the band to the next, next city. You know, rolling from, yeah, especially you know, doing a lot of pop country stuff. You know, oh. Yeah, that is, uh, uh, was his main vehicle. Uh, he had done uh, some punk things, did a couple of tours on that. Amazing musicians everywhere, but a little bit of different life programming. So for me, I'm, I'm thankful I get to have my nine to five and have music too. Brothers musician, you know. That's, his, that's what he does. That's what he does. Didn't he just do a gig where he played drums and bass at the same time? Yeah, you want to talk about... <laughs> I'll dig this one up for you. But he built himself a rig that he is sitting there playing bass with his left hand, and he's got acoustic drums and pads, and he is playing everything you can play and rolling through the group and doing it for an hour set at, at a very, very high level. And uh, yeah, he had a drummer cancel on him two days before the gig. What are you going to do? So, it's, you know... You, you're kidding me. That's it's crazy. It's pretty wild. Is it? Did he put it like on YouTube? Is there a video of it like available? Like why wouldn't he? Like that's- you know, I I gotta hit him up on that because I he's a little younger. He's very tuned into like almost like the the TikTok Instagram culture. So a lot of the things are short clips. They're like yeah, and they're passing. I'm gonna I'm gonna do some weaseling around to see if he can track down a more robust presentation for what he was doing because it, it was special. Yeah, I think all we got was uh, a photo of the setup. Yeah, I'd like to see that functioning yeah <laughs> okay no well i mean I, you see stuff yeah. like that sometimes on youtube where people are putting these oh, yeah. th- these things together and stuff yeah. but you know when you're really good at it they're... that's it and uh but anything on a string uh bass is primary uh he's world-class percussionist he went to to school for uh for as a percussion player but uh he's a tremendous mandolin player he played piano he's got a great voice he's uh he's a special player and he's doing He's always done what he loves, but thankfully now, after 20 years of digging, he's he's making a living. You know, he's not making a struggle; he's making a living, and it's I couldn't be more proud of him. Well, let me ask you this: so, so let's just say hypothetically, Bessemer Saints starts doing pretty good. I mean, I mean, by all by all measures, you, it could. I mean, it's you, the the product is there. You know, this is a matter of anything else, like you just said a little while ago. There's a lot more to it than producing the music, you know. Oh, yeah. Once you start getting to the other, that's the hard stuff. Then, the, the, like, you obviously you like your job. I'm I'm just gonna throw it out there and say I'm I'm gonna I'm pretty sure you like your job a lot. Yeah. But what if music started to become bigger? What if music? I, I mean, I mean, how much do you like your job? I guess is what I'm asking. I like my job 
enough to cover my mountain of student loans. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, so <laughs> long as the government comes a calling, I will need to put up those dollars. Well, so I'm just saying, uh, what if, what if, but what if the music yeah, starts? Uh, what if they be, I mean, you guys are putting out music. Yeah. I guess here's my thing. Yeah. I notice that these bands that, that you know, a lot of things that we see is because we're local. We're not on a national level, any of us. You, a lot of people have to have a job to, to, to make money, and then they play music also, right? But yeah. you're putting out original music, yeah, right? And when you're doing that, it always seems to me like you're rolling the dice here, right? Because it, anyone's music can take off. Mm-hmm. Anybody, true. right? And all of a sudden, your music takes off, and you still have this career you've, you've established for yourself, right? At some point... Some people have to make a choice here, right? Like, you have to. Like, like I, and the reason I think this is funny is because I wonder sometimes when people make music, what is their, what do they foresee happening? You know, because you're making a music, you have a job. A lot of people, especially in their younger days, they make music. What do they do? They foresee the, the, the vision, right? Everything's going to happen for you, you know? You, oh, yeah. I love my music, so I, of course everyone else is going to. Um. But as we get older, right, and, and then you, you're still making the music and you're not, but how bad do we really want to make it at this point? Like, this, this is my thing. Where, where does, do you feel like anything suffers because we're not as hungry to just make it? And that's the only thing. Does, does that make sense to you guys? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I. For me, making it right now, it's, it's the creative process. I'm 48 and I'm still doing original stuff because that's what I enjoy. Right. And I hope other people enjoy it. You know, anything else that happens, yeah, you're always trying to push to see where it can go. But at this point in my life, I'm going to be 49 next month. It's Any of that is icing on the cake. You know, you go with the flow. and I'm not at a point where I'm 20 years old and can drive around in a van and I'm going to dive two feet in. It's got to be something that it's going to be something stable. You know, but excellent. But it's not off the table, and it's ultimately, yeah, that is always a goal. But I, I, I go week to week goals and keep them down here. Yeah. You get disappointed; it's not a far fall. Yeah. You keep your expectations low and, yeah, and uh, yeah. hope for the best. Just go with the flow and enjoy what you're doing. Right now, number one priority is having fun. That's it. Excellent. <laughs> and getting cool opportunities. Cool opportunities for great venues opportunities to play in front of fun crowds to get that that expressive i mean it's it's hard i'm gonna look back if i'm still around 20 30 40 50 years from now and that disc is still going to be in my mantle because right. that's something we did it, it it never goes away it's the best it's one of the best hobbies because everything you do gets recorded and mm-hmm. it lives forever everybody else's hobbies usually just result in a memory maybe a head on a wall but not not with music and 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 in a podcast or whatever you're creating when you can record it and there's something about that and it doesn't have to be successful by the monetary reason to really get the satisfaction from it well no and albums to me are they're snapshots of your life at a particular time right and i i like to have that you know 20 years down the road it's like hey listen to this this is what grandpa was doing and 2021 yes <laughs> you know and and i have that going back to demos i recorded with early metal bands from 1990 you always I, I enjoy the creative process but it's a snapshot of your life and it's something to have to be proud of it's, yeah. it's like a photo album i love that but with music <laughs> uh again dave and Corey could not be here but maybe we'll get 
them beer one day. We'll get him on here. And Corey yeah. was trying. He just couldn't get off work. He's literally probably about 300 yards down the railroad tracks. Yeah. <laughs> at really? Steel mill. Yeah. The, yeah. At the steel mill? What steel mill? What, what is that? Is that still LTV or no? Oh, no, no. He oh, works uh, at, bah, bah, bah. at uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Hill, what, Cleveland, Cleveland Cliffs. Yeah. Arsler. All right. Used to be Arsler Metal. Yes, yes. Yeah. It, it's changed names quite a bit. Yeah, well, we, we, he works at a steel mill now. I All right. Used to work at that steel mill. Okay. okay. But anyways, um, so he's a steel worker. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and the whole Bessemer thing. Did, did he have anything to so this? But he didn't. This was so. How 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 ironic is that, right? Oh no, we had the name before he asked us to give him a shot. Do you yeah. think that had anything to do with like his interest in it? I'm just kidding. Yeah. Um. So, anyways, I want I want to talk a little bit about this album. This is BS. Um. <laughs> yeah, it is. <laughs> you got it right. It's like the who's on first. Um. First of all. It's 10 songs. That's like the perfect amount of songs on an album. Two of them are instrumentals, part one, part two, and instrumental you guys did on there too, which I think is cool. Uh, and and then all of a sudden the instrumental starts and you get this spacey thing going on there. And I'm like, well, here we go. This is something different that you didn't do. Um, the instrumental, was that was, was that another jam session type thing? And it, it has like a jam feel to it, right? Part two literally came from terry and me jamming just us two um him on drums and you on guitar that's it yeah that's it. i put on this shimmer reverb effect and was just playing around with that hit record on my phone it, we kept 80 percent of what that initial jam was Oh, cool that's why it's kind of all over the map riff wise you know it's got kind of an a b c b d c or like e rush would do, they'd have like part one yeah roman numeral but it <laughs> Like I say, 80% of that is from that original off-the-cuff one-time jam. And then part one was kind of an afterthought idea. We wanted to do something a little mellow just to contrast it, but then split it split it up it also, uh, on the uh, album. gave us an opportunity, I know for me, as a, as a drummer, I knew I've got some good funky stuff on there, some good bluesies, some good just straight time. But for me... I really like uh, some of the classic orchestra kind of instruments. I wanted an opportunity for wind chimes, for washing cymbals, for big crash cymbals. I wanted to get on record things in my mind of what are just cool percussive sounds in a meaningful way and getting an opportunity to be in a studio that just dumps out great heavy metal after great heavy metal uh, pieces because, quite frankly, we're working with the person we trust. Uh Watching some of your other podcasts, I know his uh, name face has been rolling around, but we work with No Buchanan over at uh, Mercenary Studios. Mercenary, yeah, we've heard and, uh, much about Mercenary. That's it, and uh, I know I I trust him implicitly when it comes to low tones. I know he can tell me in real time whether it works or doesn't work. And getting an opportunity now, I think it was as much as a challenge for him as it was for us, because in that metal world, you are layer in the cake you get your foundation you get your icing you get your decorations and everything is just built for us we wanted to make sure what you hear was the four of us jamming and we got just in the room together everything is mic'd up together and i would say we were closer to 90 percent what you hear is what we captured you're hearing our tones you're hearing the room sounds which is what i really think comes through strong in the record 
And that even comes back around to, okay, I want to do, I want to get bongos on there. I want to do different sounds. What, what serves the song to work in the imagination? And that's something I used to do when I was a kid in, in concert and symphonic band in high school. You know, it's, we can do that. It's rock and roll. We we can do all this. Yeah. So, so this is more like a sonic thing, all around sonic thing, not just not just three instruments and a, and a, and oh, it's like you guys are always looking yeah. to kind of like go outside the normal box and like try to reach for something different and, and pull. Even like you were saying, you're talking about uh, polyrhythmic type stuff that you're adding into it and stuff. You know, Tool. You'll hear them yeah. do a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, Rush, of course, but but. Not everybody's doing that, you know what I mean? So yeah. that's that's cool. And it's it, it gave us the opportunity, especially when you mentioned those two instrumental tracks, to explore that space. Mm-hmm. But it's not everything we do. 80% of what you hear is just the four of us. It's just, and then, you know, I don't know, I like ear candy. I want to go into the studio and see, well, what, what can my brain possibly do? And no, it's not over the whole album. But in a couple little tasteful spots, I think it's, a, I dig it. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, for well, sure. Right. Part one, I just, I... Came up with the guitar part down in my basement, kind of did an arrangement, brought it to those guys, and said, do whatever you want over top of this. It's going to be an instrumental. Maybe someday use it as intro music or something like that. But it was, gave them a blank canvas and said, Let, just do what you want over it. You know, let's, let's have go. fun. It, we don't necessarily have to pull it off live. Just something cool to listen to. So one thing though that I, I I do pick up on these tunes though is that like you got like there's some songs on these on this album that has a very cool definitive riff on there okay not something that I think I would just hear in a regular jam session this is something that somebody has developed these some of these riffs sound developed to me let me just say it like that you know what I mean where like and this is a first album but you guys have been in a lot of other bands too so a lot of times a first album for a band is their their first 10 years of music history now here's their first album right but obviously mm-hmm. this isn't that that way for you guys because you guys you're you're in another band doing other stuff you right. know. so some of these riffs so, so are there times though like where you you'll be by yourself and all of a sudden you're sitting there and you're like just playing like tooling around noodling around the guitar a little bit and then this riff comes out of you and then you're like hey Check this thing out. Does yeah. that does that happen? That's, that's how it happens. So that's what I'm saying. So it's not all just a jam thing. No, it's, it's, but but I'll usually if I, I'll come up with a riff, maybe a place to go after that. But I I stop. I don't keep going on it oh, because I, I want to see where it's organically going to go once we bring that to the. You don't trust to yourself guys. totally when you got three guys with you that can that can probably uplift this this riff that you. Just it's created. not that I don't trust myself totally. It's I mean, that I, 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 I trust what I trust way, what though. they're going to do. On top, right, that's to, what to I, that, bring something that's else. More what Absolutely, I yeah. you know, yeah, I, I could go beginning to end, but that's kind of what I was getting away from. Some of the riffs, especially earlier songs that we wrote, like uh, oh, the bluff, yeah. a couple of the heavier ones. That was when Terry was like, "Well, come up with some stuff, and we'll see what we can do." So those were somewhat worked out. Some of the other stuff are riffs that came up on the spot in that room they get refined over time in fact shockwave riff they were i was just messing around with that the one time and they said it was good and i couldn't get it back they had to tell me what i was originally doing five minutes ago because just isn't that crazy when that happens yeah oh yeah but I'm, i'm glad they can hear things if i'm just noodling and they'll hear something going hey that's good let's do something with that so heck yeah so um when it, when, it, when it comes to the, the whole process 
when you guys are recording this stuff? Is it all recorded live like that? I mean, is that is, have you done it all that way or this? I mean, because it does have a live sound to it. We, it we, sounds we, very live. We tracked live in a room to with the initial goal of getting the drums where we wanted and anything else that may have been good on that. After that, then it was we we did overdubs guitar and stuff but it was to that live vibe original take okay. drums so you you have that in that there. live feels yeah. is definitely weaved into it. it doesn't just feel like that digital no exactly yeah. it, it, that you kind of need that for some of the style of tunes that are on that you yeah 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 right if you had that real defined digital sound because this because your music does do that it flows it okay. has it, you know you're you're going at one Completely different thing, and then you guys will do another break here and stuff. And I guess that would lead to the jam thing, unless, you know, like the Metallica, I know how they like to write, where they'll have like 10 songs written, and they'll just take a piece from this one, oh, and yeah. a piece from that one, and then they build those mega eight-minute songs out of 10 songs. Mm. That's not really what you guys are doing. You guys are taking a good long jam session, pulling pieces out of that, maybe a second jam session, you could say, hey, that would go with this sort of oh, thing, yeah. possibly. Definitely, because there's, I mean, it's moments in time. Uh the moment that the four of us get in that room, it's what was going on with the family that day. How was your day at work? How, all these different kind of things make up your brain chemistry for that day. And that's kind of where that, that idea kind of rests and rotates. And there might be flow changes throughout that jam. And, uh, yeah, you kind of pick out what's good. You know, are you guys, are you guys currently writing new stuff? I mean, like, is it so, so you guys haven't stopped writing stuff. So are you guys, are you guys yep. like when you're writing now, is it like you're banking it as you're writing it? Or, I mean, do you have complete songs done? Are you guys, I mean, is the second album already, like, in the works? Oh, yeah, we've been playing two or three new songs in the set. Some, of them, some of them were left over from original sessions for uh, This Is BS that just weren't fully developed at the time we decided to hit the studio. Um, I think we got... Four solid ones, two that are on the works, and we were just messing around with a couple of other new things the other day. And I will say there's probably six or seven songs that we wrote that are just completely gone because it was a one-time jam and nobody hit record, and oh, you can't yeah. capture that again. Yeah. So it's that's usually my fault. I'll start noodling and everybody joins in, and I'm usually <laughs> the one recording, so I forget to hit record. So a lot of stuff has been lost. Well, but yeah, I think, and I think that's a lot of bands. Um, do you guys, do you guys like being in a lot of different bands and getting together like this and finding like, is this, is this been the, I mean, obviously you're not going to say, well, but has this been like the most, as far as the idea that you can trust each other, like you can, is this like a refreshing band for you in a way where it's like, you finally got into a place where it might not be the best band you were in or it might not be the whatever, but this is the band where you feel the most comfortable with the band mates that you're around you guys really giving me that vibe that you guys just are so, like, <sighs> finally, three other guys, like, that, that you know, a lot, I can be me, they can be them, and when we all put it together, the product is is great. That, that, I couldn't say it any better than that. that no. That's a beautiful rollout of where this adventure has been. You know, it's, uh, uh, yeah. Oh, you nailed it. Yeah, and it's, uh, trust is a big thing in a band. You always got to trust. And the more you trust the guys around you, the less you have to worry about what they're going to do. So you can do your thing. 
and that makes it for a more relaxed environment. It's more enjoyable. I mean, well, what it's definitely think? the most fun I've had jamming in a band. Well, what do you think? What, what's the what's the secret to that? Like, what do you, like what do you think? Like, you guys have been through the failures of it, I'm sure, yeah. right? I mean, it's just like it's just like relationships. There's no difference in a band, right? We always talk about it. Every band, anybody who's been in one knows. If you've had a girlfriend and you've been in a band, very few. Differences. Oh, it, a band yeah. is a four-way marriage. It's yeah. harder. <laughs> Absolutely, it's, it's harder. So, so what's the, what do you think is the secret sauce to all this thing? How, what what makes how is it that one time all of a sudden you get with these guys and all, is it is it giving up ego? I mean, like, is it is it that really what it comes down to when you literally find somebody that you just don't mind that person? Like when they all of a sudden they say something like. Eh, and it, for some reason, it don't bother you when this person says it. The last couple, you had some guy that if he said it, you it just it burns your ass a little bit, oh, yeah. right? No, ego is a big thing, but it's also we kind of handpicked each other for this project, knowing who the people think, were. Yeah, and I I think that's the thing that makes this one special is I, I feel like we were people hanging out before it was a band, you know, it, meeting up with. Uh, there was a time, yeah, Tommy and we would meet at Corey's house and just, well, wait on drummers not to show up. And, uh, <laughs> and we got a chance to just really hang out for almost a full year. It, mm -hmm. we're People first. We're, you know, the, the music in this project came after. We weren't, I wouldn't even say starting off to, to, to make a band, to make music. We just ended up, you know, you really cool just relationships with people you like and you're hanging out and well everybody's also at the top of the game sonically so it's the so you're saying that like this was like a lot more about uh, about the the idea of being with a band that you guys know you'll all get along and do well together and then as a result this music came yeah i mean it's chicken or egg but yeah okay i got hey, you hey, i got hey, you hey. i got you that's a good one you know i mean concept i knew i wanted to get guys in a room and jam and see what the hell came out without saying we got to be a metal band or we got to be this or that. Oh, cool. But then it's also picking the right people that you know you're going to be comfortable doing that with. You know, you try not to bring in people you know who may have a an ego or something like that. In fact, Corey, I we never asked him because we didn't think he'd enjoy the style of music. And, but he asked us to try him out and I thank him every time I see him yeah. for that. <laughs> he does. It's <laughs> you know, it's weird. it, it was <laughs> He does think him like that. I, I, I do. I, I love listening to the guy sing. So do I. I like his voice a lot. I, just, I do too. I catch myself sitting and listening more than sometimes I'm jamming what I'm supposed to be jamming sometimes. He's surprisingly and, good to me. I mean, I mean, like, like I, I, and I'm not saying it. I just, I'm just saying, like, he just does things that I'm like, he sounds so. Uh, it's like he's been doing this for 30 yeah. years and you would have wanted the entire back catalog of everything that he's done for the last 30 years. Yeah, and it's dude, just, He doesn't sound like he's been... He likes karaoke. Yeah. Oh. So he, he has sung well, some yeah. of this before. Well, and he... That and he's then able to copy things that he's heard before Absolutely. and then apply a lot of that stuff, you know, without sounding... He doesn't sound like anybody. I've, I've, I've tried to rack my brain... Over and over, and being like, "Who does he sound like?" He doesn't sound like any specific person, which that is awesome. And and uh, but he has a style that lends itself to somebody who's done this for a long time. Very impressive. No, that's that's all him. But 
So you guys got any, uh, gigs uh, coming up in the in the in the future here? I mean, you guys are playing out a couple places. Coming uh, up, we April thirtieth. We're at the the Vortex. That's the Vortex show. That's Akron. It's Vortex. Yeah. In Akron. Have you played there yet? We have not played the Vortex yet. I heard it's a pretty cool place. I keep hearing a lot about it. I think they're growing. I think they're making good decisions that are supporting the acts. I think, Akron is. Akron's, yeah. Akron's all of a sudden popping up a lot. I keep hearing about it. Uh, from there, I think we, we turn our, our gaze over to the to the west. We're at the Sly Fox Lounge on the 3rd of uh, June, June. June. So on 6-3, we're at the Sly Fox. From there, uh, just announced and... When the release of this taping goes, we're playing back in Akron on the 18th of June. Yeah. Uh, so June 18th. And then we're going way west to a uh, really cool, what would you say? We got like an outdoor barbecue kind of situation going on around oh, Black beer, River Landing. Beer uh, Fest. Oh. Uh, the beer Fest. So it's, uh, the it's at the, It's at the Black River, though? Yeah. You're going to be playing on the, on the stage there and everything? Nah, or? I think oh. it's a separate event from the concert series. They give us but, the kids' table. But yeah, it's gonna be cool. Yeah. <laughs> I I don't think we. Could it's a cool place, man. It's fun. Up. It's a cool place there. Oh, I love going there during yeah. the summer. And that's back in August. So August thirteenth, we're we're over there. Wow, excellent, man, excellent. So, as far as this new album, you guys are starting to write. Coast. Do you guys notice already similarities to the first album? Are you guys? Do you guys think that you've progressed somewhere from that, or expect a lot of the same kind of thing? Where I mean, I know you guys already come out diversely on the record right but you guys have heard some stuff that you've already done is, is there some similarities would would you think you were certain yeah oh yeah there's similarities and there's differences i mean the newest one that we've been playing it's called another night with whiskey it's another boogie similar to state next time but Corey just knocked the chorus out of the park oh it's, in it's fact, catchy, we have a video of the whole show and i want to get the guy that does our videos kevin to just cut that song out so we can push it. I saw Kevin. I love it. And then uh, there's straight up slow blues jam oh. on on the new thing. Uh, a couple of heavier sounding stuff. It's similar, but I'd like to say evolved a bit. I think one thing that has evolved with us is maybe three of the three or four of the tracks from the first album. Those are they were started blueprints that Tommy had in his head about the kind of music we wanted to write. So I think these, those were a little bit heavy-handed riff-wise. Those were their guitar-driven riffs because we didn't have anything else. The new material for the new album is all four of us all the time. And uh, even though we might have a, a, a jump-off point, this is the key, this is the, the idea we have. Somebody, whether it's Tommy or Shaggy, starts in a little bit of something, and then we just kind of build it up. Everything that we're working on from now uh, or everything for the new material is us. And I think you can hear the comfort within us about trusting where things are going to go. There's a couple of new changes, a couple of little twists between uh, song uh, song development, different kind of components that we use. Maybe a chorus doesn't have to go there. Maybe we take you a little somewhere else. Tommy's like, well, what if we just start with the chorus? We haven't done that yet. Let's do that. And that track is coming together awesome. So oh, that's cool. So we've got, uh, yeah, it it has grown because we've grown. And uh, the more you play with somebody, you you learn, and you it's, it's more of a personality learn than a music learn. And uh, that's helped us, and I'm pretty proud of the new material. It almost, it seems like such a long process, but this album's only been out since 
uh, September of last year. Yeah. We're just now getting six months of promotion behind our, our debut release. So yeah. we, we got to keep leaning on it. We got cool sets we want to, cool oh, songs yeah. we want to stuff into the set just because they're where our minds are at. Well, yeah. yeah. Well, there's a lot of reasons why if you, you have only one albums of songs to play. Yeah. So anytime you can add to that, right? So I was just going to ask real quick when you guys have been playing your sets before. You got some of the new songs written. Did you guys play cover tunes to cover up sometimes? Did you ever? Did you guys ever play a cover tune live? What would you guys yeah. play? Like, what was, your, what was some of the stuff you'd play from other um, bands live? We play Doctor Doctor by UFO. I did hear you do and, that. Actually, we usually do that if we are kind of playing with heavier bands. You know, it's we a good know, choice. We know metal heads all remember yeah, Iron or there was so. thrash <laughs> <and> stuff. <laughs> but then we also we do our own version of uh, Spoonful, which is a Holland Wolf tune. Cream made it famous. We kind of take an odd Holland Wolf version. Cool. Um, mix a little bit of cream, do it our own. And then we do Walk in My Shadow by Free. You know, excellent, get into the blue, blue stuff to where you can you jam on it and you can kind of make it your own, your own cool. little twist on it. But So um, that's what I say. Just those three tunes, though. I mean, nothing nothing more mainstream. You guys you didn't have to, right? I mean, yeah, because I, you were playing – what about old stuff that you guys used to play in other bands? You guys ever, everybody ever say, hey, what about this? You guys ever pull old stuff out and play it? Or is this always going to be fresh and new with you guys and that kind of thing? I think it'll be fresh and new. I mean, it, if we played a Space Monkey song or if we tried to put a, my older band At No End song in there, it would stick out like a sore thumb. Yeah. But, and at the same time, you know, Terry's got Alethea going on, so he has that outlet for that, you know, um, it, it things, as you can hear, I mean, some of the songs get a little heavier, you know. It all depends on the mood on that particular day, but we are all metalheads, but I don't know if we bring anything from the past. I, I We enjoy doing covers. I, I never even call them covers. I call them remakes. Take a good tune and like put that. your four personalities on it. People will recognize the tune, but you're kind of doing your own take. It makes it more enjoyable to play and, you know. Yeah, and doesn't doesn't sometimes playing covers make you learn how to play together as a band sometimes versus writing your own stuff because it takes you out of your comfort zone sometimes? You right. you didn't write that. Oh, yeah. So you have to learn how to play that specific thing. It takes you out of your comfort zone a little bit, and then all of a sudden you got to do that with four guys who might all be out of their comfort zone. So it kind of teaches you how to play together a little, right? I mean, oh, you... definitely. It's a great reference. It's a great place to start. You know, anybody that wants to jam just having – some common ground, you know, just uh, especially, you know, depending on the style of music, you know, you can, you know, hey, you're going to try out for a metal band? Well, you know, learn Hit the Lights and, and come on in, we'll jam it. Yeah, right. You know, uh, but yeah, kind of coming back around, I almost don't look at this project as one to be fond of the rearview mirror. I think we are, we're in this vehicle and we're, we're going where it takes us. You know, Excellent. That, that, that's kind of the, the cool part of the trip. Well, yeah, because especially when you guys are like, uh, what sucks is that that first album comes out right at the kind of like the, the sort of the end, but kind of the middle of that whole pandemic thing. So like in a normal situation, you guys couldn't do what normally you would have done no. where as soon as that thing comes out and it's a strong album. So like you guys were probably pretty fucking jacked up about this thing when it was coming out. And then all of a sudden you kind of got to put the brakes on a lot of stuff that normally you wouldn't have had to. And now you're trying, now everyone's trying to fire this thing back up, which is a big thing that we're trying to help with is getting this thing, this whole machine fired back up again. And um, so it's almost like you've re, -re you, you almost got to re-release this thing at this point. Like, like say, all right, it's not new, but 
we're starting now from the point we should have started when we put this thing out because of this freaking right well actually i mean we we were ready to start playing out 2020 then the pandemic hit and we were going to do the typical you go out you play shows you don't have an album yet you know see what people think of them get an idea what to record but with that whole pandemic you know we were just jamming week to week with nothing else to do it was let's go lay the stuff down and throw an album out there even though we haven't played live yet you know so you think without the pandemic you guys would have gotten as much done as as you did or you think the pandemic actually helped you get this thing done in Uh, some ways it i don't know if it helped us but it gave us and um, like I say, a weird opportunity to actually record the album before we ever played live, which you don't normally do on a yeah. local level. And we uh, we got a chance to work a couple of different angles that I would have never thought. We had a, a couple of pals at a uh, our buddy. Well, uh, Corey, his other band was rehearsing at his buddy's house, so they said, "Hey, we got this guy coming up that would love to do a live stream." I've never done a live stream. You know, it's well, we're going to set up cameras all around, and we'll do an event that's online. We can't play in any venues, so let's just do this. So we we got a chance to uh, kind of get our feet wet at a new opportunity. You know, this is a different way. And I, th- I thought we had some great feedback, so much so that when the door started to creak open a little bit, we did a, a first official kind of live set in front of people that was still very much under restrictions, uh, capacity limits, table limits. Uh, but for the capacities that I outlined for the club, it was a sellout. There was already people kind of uh, digging on what we had done because we had the opportunity to get out unreleased music on uh, on a live stream. And, I mean, I do believe we're kind of products of our uh, upbringing and products of our, our environment. And that first show was sold out because all the people that just care about us. It was our family. It was, oh, that's cool. You know, uh, Mom and Dad drove up from Youngstown. Tommy had folks from all over you know, central and western Ohio. Uh, we just had a full room of folks wanting to hear what they had heard snippets of live. It was a full room, and almost every T-shirt went. And it's like, so now we've got people walking around with, this is BS on your back. Yeah, <laughs> and, I uh, see them. Yeah. I think people came out, too, with the, the curiosity factor. Knowing all four of us were in metal bands, some currently still in metal bands, and we are telling them, yeah, we're doing this rock and roll thing. Well, what the hell's yeah, that sound like? interest real yeah, quick, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, it's not a fully rock and roll thing, though. There's no you can't you just can't keep it out. You can't you no. can't keep that metal out. It's, no. it's, it's once it's in your soul, yeah, it's over, man. Got to pull it out. There's a lot of those metal spices up there that keep keep getting going going in the stew. No, but I do I do think it's cool that you guys have that your 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 influence with the with the more of a even like the the country western stuff and all that stuff, man. I, you know, like I can't tell you. Me and Pat write together, and Pat has a plethora of genres that he listens to, right? And like we'll be stuck in a part, and he'll always be the one to be like, "Hey, you know, try this." I would never thought of that because I'm not a country what? Well, he's not country western. Let's not confuse that, really. But but he would pull out something you know funky or something like that, and and and. It works so often that you would never think of that. Mm-hmm. And that's what you guys got going on is a lot of that, right? That's all. It's, yeah. That's what you have. Oh, yeah. And these guys are so special that a lot of times that happens in real time. You're going somewhere where your brain would have never expected you to go in the moment we're doing it. And that is the years of experience and the years of backgrounds that being different. Uh, we don't have to fight it. We don't have to sit in rooms like, well, where do we take this to next? I just don't know where to go next. Oh, no. The second you say, okay, what's the next part? 
you're screwed. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. But thankfully, and you're to right. this point, we haven't had that that kind of hang-up happen. We'll just roll through the tune, and yeah, sometimes it didn't didn't quite jive the way it should, and but the second time it did because you know you reevaluate what what went okay, what didn't. Work on a little, and like you said, hammer the anvil. I love that. That's it. All right, guys. Well, that's about it for us today. Um, Check it out when uh, you get a chance to. You guys are out by your computer on your phone. This is BS. It's a great album by these guys, Bessemer Saints. If you see that they're playing out somewhere, I definitely, definitely suggest you go check them out. Um, And that's about it. This is Level Up Cleveland. Thanks for coming down. We appreciate it fully. Until next week, guys, have a great one.